Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rock and good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael, three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. In this Rocktail Hour, Tim is going to bring us the story of Hurt, written by Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, ever since we did the Rocktail Hour about All Along the Watchtower, I've had the idea of covering the story behind Hurt because I really appreciate the fact that this was an incredible song written by Trent Reznor, but also that Cash's version turned out to be so incredible as well. In All Along the Watchtower, we talked about the fact that Covers are generally, not always, but generally they're pretty good. And one of the reasons is um, it's my belief that the artist who's covering the song usually has a genuine respect uh, for the original song and the artist and, and wants to pay tribute to it. Cash was well known for covering a, a lot of different songs. In fact, uh, the flip side of this um, song was Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. So Cash, towards the end, was, was doing quite a bit of different covers and experimenting with different, uh, different versions of songs. The, the prose in the song um, is standalone. What, you can read the words, and it, and it stands, as far as I'm concerned, as, as, a great, as a great piece of poetry. Apparently, Reznor wrote it when he was in a really dark period, and there were a lot of personal feelings associated with the song. This song was released in 94 on the Downward Spiral album and Reznor says that he he included it at the end he didn't necessarily uh, intend to include this song on the downward spiral album uh, because it was quite a bit different than the rest of the songs Reznor considered it to be sort of a coda to the album whereas most of the songs were, were talking about um, tearing down the world and sort of beating it up this was kind of saying it was his way of saying okay maybe that's not necessarily the right idea and maybe i need a little bit of help the words are beautiful uh, although they are a little bleak the song starts out by saying i hurt myself today to see if i still feel i focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole that old familiar sting try to kill it all away but i remember everything and um, there's been a lot of opining on the web uh, that this song is, is about drugs, about Reznor's um, addiction to heroin. But as Reznor himself says in an interview, he, when he was writing this song, this really wasn't about his own personal use of drugs. He wasn't an addict at the time. Uh, he, he kind of felt like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because as he got a little more famous and, and, and over time he did become a heroin addict, and he recognized that some of the things that he wrote resonated even more after he became an addict. And of course, as we know, Cash himself was an addict as well. Um, so some of these lyrics are pretty germane in, in both of these men's lives. But there isn't really any information out there as to what the song is, is really trying to say. It's almost like the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. You can watch it, you can decide what it means for you, but there isn't any really groundbreaking information out there as, as far as to say this is what this is exactly about. So my thought process in discussing this song was really to kind of compare the two and show how they contrast with each other. Again, as I said, I really think this is a great song. And if you compare the two versions, 
just the songs themselves. Cash does a great job. Uh, Reznor and the Nine Inch Nails do a great job. And, and it's just a good song. Um, it's the video that Cash produced with the song that, that really sort of sets Cash's version uh, apart from the original. Um, there are only just a couple of differences between the two songs. For the most part, um, Cash's version is pretty faithful. There are a couple of things that are different. The beginning of the song, uh, the chording is a little bit different. In Reznor's version, uh, the chords resolve uh, in, into minor chords. It sort of gives it an eerie feeling, a, a little bit of an unearthly feeling and a little bit of an unsettling feeling. In Cash's version, the chords uh, are major chords. They come to a, a pretty firm resolution, although as the song progresses, it's interesting in the arrangement that um, the guitar uh, chords uh, are played in, in a major, but the piano resolves in a minor, and so they offset each other. It's still a little bit faithful towards the original uh, version, uh, but it, again, it has a little, little more of a resolute feeling to me. The other thing that is different is that, that Cash uh, changes one lyric in the song. Reznor's original version, um, he talks about wearing a crown of excrement, only, you know, insert the popular expletive of the day to, to describe feces. Um, <laughs> I wear this crown of... <laughs> How was that? Was that a great way around uh, sort of trying to keep this PG for the kids? Yeah. Um, so Reznor says, I wear this crown of blank upon my liar's chair. Um, not very hopeful and, and a little bit cynical. Now, in, in Cash's version, he says, I wear this crown of thorns upon my liar's chair. And um, the director of the video states that Cash chose to change that to sort of reflect his faith and spirituality. So that does, that does change a little bit. And, and again, in the, in the video of Cash's version, there's several references to Cash's spirituality and, and Christianity, and, and it makes it quite a powerful video. The very first time that I saw the video, I couldn't take my eyes away from Johnny Cash. You know, they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't put any makeup on him. He, he appeared to be very old and frail. And when he sings, you know, I hurt myself today, you feel it, you see it. It was very, very powerful. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Treg. The, the video is incredible, and, and that's really the third piece in, in this rock tale, which is you can compare the two songs. There's not a whole lot of difference. Um, as I say, I, I think that, that the original song is a little tentative, it's a little eerie, it's a little unsettling. The second song, just if you're listening to the song itself and you don't have any visual with it, it's, it's a little more resolute. It is a little more hopeful in, in my view, although, again, the words aren't terribly hopeful. Um, but it's the video, the third piece in this story, that really stands alone. And I, and I have to say that as a piece of performance art, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I remember the week it was released and my wife and I were flipping through the channels came across the country music channel and um, caught the beginning of the video. It, it was about 10 seconds into it. And we kind of looked at each other halfway through the halfway through the video, just kind of in disbelief that we couldn't believe how, how good it was. And it was almost painful to watch. It almost felt a little voyeuristic that you were watching somebody that was so famous that had been 
uh, so full of vitality, and you were seeing him literally almost dying before your eyes. Uh, what an amazing video that was. Uh, really incredible. And of course, it went on to, to win um, the video of the year. I didn't know that, but I, I felt the same way that you did, that it was just uh, amazing to watch. And it, it looked to me like he was on his deathbed almost. Oh, yeah. Actually, the director of the video tells the story about um, how some of the, the visuals came about. Originally, they were going to focus mainly on, on Johnny Cash and, and kind of keep the camera close up. But if you've seen the, the video version, you will see that as they pull away, June Carter Cash is standing on the stairs and kind of watching uh, over Johnny. And, and it gets to a, a couple of moments where there's close-ups, and, and you can see there's genuine emotion and concern in June Carter's uh, face. Well, as, as the director tells it, he actually asked for her permission to do that because she was there just to oversee Johnny, and she was really worried about him because he was investing so much of himself into it that he was actually wearing himself out as he was... Uh, recording this video and she was genuinely concerned about him so when you see that in the video it's an an actual moment of her being a little bit worried about him and and having and showing compassion for him as he was going through this process and um, in, in my mind that's one of the greatest moments um, in the video um, I like Reznor's version a lot um, as I've had a chance to become a little more familiar with his work um, I have to say and be honest that Nine Inch Nails is not necessarily my cup of tea. It's a little after my time. My point of reference to, to most rock and roll music is is from when I was younger, and, and, and this was a little bit after that time. But I have a lot of respect for him because, I, number one, I like this song, and, and number two, um, as I've listened to some of his other songs, I, I appreciate his songs as they stand as, as art in and of itself. Not always my favorite, but uh, I do have a lot of respect for it. As you contrast the two, um, there's there's another verse that says, what have I become? My sweetest friend, everyone I know goes away in the end, and you could have it all, my empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. Now that's some pretty bleak lyrics, and when you listen to the Reznor version, it's it's almost as if you're listening to a young man saying, you know, look, I've had some success. Uh, maybe it's fleeting. But at this point in time, you know, I've tasted success. I really don't know where I'm headed. And right now, my empire of dirt is I don't know that I've uh, really accomplished anything great. And, you know, I have some regrets even at this age. Now with Cash, you know, clearly he was very successful and he was he was coming to the end of his life. And um, I think when he when he's singing about his empire of dirt, he realizes, hey, I, I have a lot of wealth. I have built a great body of work over time. I have a lasting legacy of fame, but that's really meaningless when it all boils down to it's going to end and, and the relationships um, that I either was successful with or not successful with. You know, those are those are some of my regrets. And of course, he also, you know, lived a life of excess. But there are some real layers of pathos and regret in, in, in this song in both versions. And, and again, I think that the songs themselves, both versions are great. Tim, you described the lyrics as bleak. And what I find so fascinating about that is that this song, along with uh, most of the closer album, was done... Uh, in the mansion where Sharon Tate uh, was killed by the Manson family. 
Um, you know, if you recall, this was detailed in the book Helter Skelter, but uh, one of the Manson family's first uh, murder sprees, they broke into the house of Sharon Tate, who was a Hollywood actress, uh, killed her. She was pregnant, I believe, wrote, um, you know, pig in blood on the walls and I mean, really just a horrific uh, murder scene. And Reznor apparently bought this house where Sharon Tate had been killed, uh, not knowing that she had lived there. Uh, you know, did the, the this song as well as most of the Closer album. Apparently, the uh, word "pig" that had been written in blood on the front door was still there, although it had been painted over several times. You could still see it, um, somewhat faded through this, uh, you know, this old paint. So for Reznor to you know do this song uh, in such a environment, it's almost destined that it would come out with this just really kind of heaviness and darkness that that is so prevalent in the song. Yeah, I had actually I didn't know that this was where the song was either recorded or penned. I had heard that Reznor had had bought the house where Sharon Tate was killed, um, but. I'll defer to you on that as far as whether or not it was written there. Um, if indeed it was, uh, that is a, a sort of a foreboding beginning to a, a song that really does have a heaviness to it. Although, again, I think that the song does resolve in a way uh, that it, it still remains a little bit bleak, but it does it does resolve a little more hopeful. And especially when you see it performed, both by Cash and by Reznor, I do think that it gives you just a slight glimpse of hope there towards the end. Tim, do you see it as hope or do you see it as, as acceptance? Yeah, maybe that's a better word. Acceptance might be a better word rather than hope. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a great observation. I heard that uh, Trent Reznor was originally uh, angry when uh, Johnny Cash, you know, a, a country artist, had covered his song, um, but because the, the song was so personal to him as well. But uh, after he heard Johnny Cash's cover and, and he saw how heart-wrenching it was and he, and he saw the video, he, he felt that it was okay. Apparently, Reznor was approached by the producer of Cash's album, uh, who was a friend of Reznor, and said, hey, do you have any problem with, with Johnny Cash doing a cover of Hurt? And at the time, he was involved in a project, and Reznor didn't give him much thought. And he said, well, sure, I guess so. And he actually said he was a little bit flattered uh, by the fact that somebody who, who was a great artist and, and, in his words, a great songwriter, would be interested in covering one of his songs. And then as he thought about it uh, over the next few days, he thought, I'm not sure if I want anybody to cover a song that was uh, is so personal to me. But then he thought, well, he said, I wasn't going to make a big deal out of it because ultimately he didn't think that, it, the, that there would be much likelihood that, that anything would, would really develop out of it. And he said it wasn't very much longer, a couple of weeks or a month or so, and he got a CD in the, uh, delivered to him. And he was actually working on a project and they stopped and they listened to the CD and he was really unsettled. Uh, he was bothered by the fact that, not that Cash, and didn't have anything to do with Cash being a country artist, but he was just bothered that he heard somebody else singing his song. In fact, he described it as watching somebody else kiss your girlfriend. And he, it, it was a little unsettling to him. Uh, and then it was a couple of weeks after that that he received the video, and he recognized what a, what a masterpiece the video was and saw Cash kind of going through his own cathartic moment through a song that he'd written 
for himself. And he w said he ended up really embracing the song and the idea of Cash doing it. And really, at that point, admits that it was no longer just my song and uh, was very proud of, of the version of uh, that, that Cash had put out. So it, it, it was a good resolution because originally it, it was a little uncomfortable for him. But in, in several interviews that I've read, he, he says that he came to uh, really not only appreciate it, but come to love that version of the song. So And Tim, to bring this back, I think full circle to what was the genesis of your idea for this song uh, being Watchtower, you know, one of the things that we remarked about Watchtower uh, was that once Bob Dylan heard Jimi Hendrix's version, Dylan never played it the same way uh, that, that he had originally written it again, because he realized through Hendrix's interpretation of that song that, that Hendrix had really found kind of the soul uh, of where that song had come from. Yeah, and again, this uh, Cash's version is is pretty faithful to the original version. There's just some minor changes, a couple of uh, changes uh, musically, but very very minor, and and then then the one uh, lyric change. And I don't think that Cash decided to change an expletive because he was offended by it. In fact, I don't even begin to think that that was the case. But I think that it was a way of making it a little more personal and a little more relatable uh, to himself because Cash, although he was a pretty wild guy, he also had a very spiritual side. And this was a definitely a reference. Crown of Thorns would be a, a reference to Christianity. You know, Cash's version doesn't sound like a country song. It may resonate that way with people because Cash's voice is so iconic and recognizable and you immediately know who it is that's singing it. But the arrangement and the version of the song uh, is, is pretty faithful uh, to the original. Yeah, Tim, I've, in some of the things we read about this song, I, I've seen it, uh, Cash's video described as an obituary, and, which I think is really perfect. You, you, when I, too, was moved by seeing Cash's video, and you can tell um, that he was near the end of his life. And I think that the idea of recording that song and, and making a video of it was probably very self-conscious um, consciously done uh, with the recognition that this was perhaps his final performance. Interestingly enough, between the time that this was released in 2002 and the time that he died in September of 2003, Cash recorded 60 more songs. Wow. Um, he was a workaholic, but I, I do agree with you that I think that, that this was his way of saying goodbye. Um, it totally uh, felt like to me that we were we were literally watching a man's last moments, and of, and of course, you know, he was really out of the limelight, particularly because uh, June Carter Cash died not too long after this video was released. And as I read an interview with with his daughter Roseanne Cash, you know, that was the that was really the beginning of the end. Um, not to change the subject, just to to inject a little bit of levity into a serious topic. As I was looking at cover songs, I did a little bit of research to see what are some of the, the most famous covers. And uh, so I came up with, a there's a list of 10 best cover songs and the 10 worst cover songs. And I won't bore you with all of these, but Hurt is on there as number nine. All Along the Watchtower, interestingly enough, is number one. And I didn't know this, but apparently Respect uh, by Aretha Franklin was a cover of another artist's song as well. That was number two. As far as the bad ones go, and, and some of these are really bad, apparently Dolly Parton did a cover of Stairway to Heaven. Oh! Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I would I would really like to hear that. Yeah. Lucy in the Sky by Diamonds by William Shatner <laughs> is is listed as the number two worst cover of all time. Only I will tell you this, as a piece of performance art, uh Shatner's version of Rocket Man is one of the greatest things I have ever seen in my life. So if you if you ever get a chance to see that on YouTube, I highly recommend it. I just I just don't see Captain Kirk uh, singing. I'm sorry. Oh well, he doesn't. He speaks it. That's why it's a oh. piece of performance art. Yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. it's really good. He you know it's it's sort of done in a beatnik '60s, um, and um, it's really pretty stupid, but at the same time brilliant. So I don't know what to make of that. The only other thing I would point out about the 10 worst cover songs is Dock of the Bay by Michael Bolton. And I would just inject here that any song sung by Michael Bolton that is a cover would have to appear on the on the worst list of cover songs ever. Here, here. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. That was an outstanding rock tale. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're just lame, well, please keep that to yourself. Also, please contact us if you want to buy the next round at an upcoming Rocktail Hour by becoming a sponsor. Join us on Facebook at Rocktail Hour. Uh, until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. <laughs>